0: You know, Steve, I feel like maybe I was a little bit harsh on my judgment of this film because maybe it helped people, you know? Maybe it kept people away from drug addiction. So I've decided to open up our phone lines and speak to some of those people who who were helped by this movie. So uh, here we go. We're going to open up the phone lines. Okay. Check the other line. Hmm. Okay. All right. Well, yep. All right.
1: Well, that was a bust. See you next week, folks. By the way, like, comment, and subscribe. <laughs> it helps the algorithm.
2: <laughs> All right. People who really want to have a good time won't come to a slaughterhouse. and We've got entirely too many troublemakers here. Too many uh, 40-year-old adolescents, felons, power drinkers, and trustees of modern chemistry. It's going to change.
1: Be nice. That ain't working. I want you to be nice. That ain't working. And you'll both be nice.
0: (laughs) So much as my uh, wife was a giant... But, um...
1: I want you to be nice (laughs) until it's time to not be nice. (laughs) <laughs> no, I'm
0: pretty sure that's the way you do it. <laughs> the
1: Reeves Company. All right, crack open a tepid Genesee. Watch the pictures as they travel through your neighbor's Wi-Fi. It's the Rees Company. I'm Steve Rees, the bull of American broadcasting, alongside the great Chris Morganti. How are you, Chris? I'm good. You excited about this one? Sure.
0: Um, You know, I I was watching TV this week, Steve, and uh, I saw a commercial for Papa John's Pizza, and uh, they told me that they were going to take Parmesan cheese where it's never been before, which I assume means up someone's ass, Right. And I don't mean to call BS on Papa John's, but uh, I'm pretty sure in human history that's probably happened at some point. Parmesan cheese has been up there, somebody, in some circumstance. But uh, yeah, I like that they keep pushing the envelope over at Papa John's, so (laughs) I support that idea. That's what we want from our fast food pizza joints is uh, them being edgy, you know, (laughs) And I started thinking about starting my own edgy business, Steve. And this is what I came up with. Okay. All right. I'm going to start a bar where, I mean, we'll serve as a normal bar, but we also take your AA token chips as uh, like drink chips. You know, you get, a, you get a free round if you cash that in. It's going to be called Off the Wagon. And uh, yeah, I expect to make a lot of money, but uh, probably it's probably going to be problematic right off the bat. Yeah, yes. these aren't people who are known for, uh, you know, keeping steady and, and mellow when they get drunk, you know. <laughs> and we will accept uh, your car title as payment of your bar tab, because let's face it, we're going to have to.
1: <laughs> so so I got that in the works. Wonderful. And uh, a potential sponsor for the yeah, program. Sure, yeah. Well, we appreciate that. Well, sponsor, yeah. Yeah, sponsors will be involved. Yeah,
0: for sure. <laughs> they'll, be, they'll be banging down the door in <laughs> anger. <Right.
1: laughs> Shall we do our movie of the week of the week, Chris? Let's do it. Okay, here we go. <laughs> Movie of the week of the week, this week, Go Ask Alice. Yeah. It aired on January 24th, 1973 on ABC. Incidentally, perhaps appropriately, John Belushi's birthday.
0: Yeah. Well, it's before either of us were born. I know that much. And before the world really knew John Belushi. Yeah. I got to take care of something real, Steve, quick. You continue without me. Okay, I I shall.
1: Um, It stars Jamie, uh, Jamie Smith Jackson as Alice. It also features William Shatner and Andy Griffith. It's based on the 1971 book of the same title, and the book was published as the real-life diary of a teenage girl who turns to drugs with tumultuous results. Go Ask Alice was widely read among young adults for decades and was held up as a cautionary tale of the dangers of drug use. Now, if you don't know the secret behind the source material for this adaptation, we'll get to that. But first, we're going to focus on the movie. The title of "Go Ask Alice," you know where that comes from, right, Chris? Yeah, it
0: comes from the Jefferson Airplane song, which is also what they play in the opening credits. Yeah, White uh, Rabbit. Yeah, the song's called White Rabbit. Yeah, but um, am I am I been have I been wrong all these years? That's a pro drug song, right? I,
1: I believe it, yeah. uh, it. It it focuses on the phoniness of some drugs being. Um, Uh, not considered uh, uh, acceptable while others are.
0: Okay, but it's encouraging you to recreationally use acid. Yes. Not to drop out of school and become a crack whore.
1: No. Yeah, no.
0: Which is, well,
1: we'll get to it. Yeah, the song does appear in the main title sequence. In fact, there's a lot of costly music in this film, rendering many of its juicier moments unusable on this program, although we will roll the dice a time or two. Good music, too. Yes, very good music. Yeah. Um, what a great time,
0: you know, late 60s, early 70s. Yes, and this pretty. was
1: popular music. This was top yeah. 40. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, what other examples do we have here? We had... Um,
0: I, I, I wish I could
1: remember. I remember It Ain't Easy by Three Dog Night, later okay. covered by David Bowie. Yeah. Yeah, I thought that was David Bowie. No, yeah. no, no. I think that was the original Three oh, Dog okay. Night version. Okay, all right. And uh, I can't think of what else There there were notable songs from the era used in this film Um, We first see Alice when she's purchasing a diary Through which we hear her narrate the events of her life As we begin, she's 15 years old And a student at a new school She's afraid she won't fit in It takes a while, but she does make a friend
2: Well, darling, I still have you but what a lousy month it's been. I've gained eight pounds, my face is breaking out, and I think i found a friend. Her name is Beth Baum. I've seen her around school and at a couple of other hamburger places. We seem to have a lot in common, besides our weight problems. We're both...
1: Yeah, their weight problems, Chris. Yeah, they both weigh about eighty five pounds. Yeah, I guess that's just teenage insecurity. Because I'm looking at these gals wondering if they know it's Christmas time at all. <laughs> I so, hate that
0: song. By the way, you're not a fan. It's so condescending. <laughs>
1: they're
0: not. They're not Christians. Why would they care that it's Christmas? It's
1: so stupid. <laughs> you, you don't think a, a joyful Christmas carol should contain the phrase "clanging chimes of doom"? <laughs> <laughs> probably not so alice and beth they become uh, close friends but as the school year ends beth goes off to summer uh, the summer camp yeah leaving alice companionless well during the summer alice is window shopping outside a boutique and a sales girl recognizes her and summons alice inside her name is chris hey how about that yeah so uh chris and alice go to school together and chris invites alice to a party she's hosting that weekend while her parents are out of town. Alice accepts the invitation. And we'll see in a second how she gets on at her first high school party. It's evidently a button-button party. Chris, have you ever been to one of those? Uh, Not that I know of, but... Yeah, I mean, I I haven't either. I guess these exist, if this scene is to be believed. It's apparently a gathering where the main means of communication is through the never-explained phrase, button-button.
2: These guys must be college age. I've never seen them around our school. But I guess they're all as nice as Chris when you get to know them. I just hope some of the kids don't start that number about dope or drinking. I'll either have to admit I've never tried it or fake it. Alright. Button, button. You okay. Button, button. button, button. <laughs> the button? Button, button. Who the button? <laughs> <laughs> don't be greedy. <laughs> Baby's playing. Come <laughs> on. Oh, the yeah.
0: Now, Steve, I didn't pick up on that. As as we said, the audio quality is not very good. So I just kind of went on when I didn't pick up on things. But um, are they using button as slang for a tab of acid? Is that what's going on here? I don't know. Okay. Because those drinks were laced with acid.
1: Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I don't think Alice is aware of that. Yeah, she doesn't know that, but I think that's what's going on. Yeah. I don't know. Yeah. Alice tells her diary that in that moment when the acid took hold, she felt like anything could be beautiful. That she had discovered a new and perfect language that we can assume contained words other than button. She now possessed all the wisdom and knowledge of the ages, and for the first time in her life, she felt beautiful, free, and uninhibited.
0: Yeah, and all this is explained in voiceover. Um. As you've heard, that's that's it's uh, the use of voiceover is uh, kind of a controversial topic in filmmaking. Am I wrong about that? No,
1: I I, I think you're right.
0: Yeah, it, it's very it's very. I mean, Ray Liotta and Goodfellas is an example of it done well. Um, here, um, I feel like they could have made a better movie if they got if they tried to just explain things outside of voiceovers more.
1: You mean explain it visually or through dialogue, through storytelling, yes. rather than
0: this whole thing is very chopped. It's only a minute, an hour and 15 minutes, and it feels like if they'd let this breathe a lot more, it could have been a much better film.
1: Well, I think you're right when it comes to uh, typical storytelling, that that is lazy to uh, explain more and show less. Right. In this case, it's supposed to be replicating the contents of a diary. I know, but... So I, the narration is... I get that part of it, but it still
0: felt very rushed, and some things aren't explained very well at all. Um, we'll, we'll see some examples of it later, but, um, yeah, I just don't, I'm not saying they should have gotten rid of it altogether. I think they relied on it too much here.
1: Yeah. Well, as far as, uh, having, uh, unwittingly ingested LSD, Alice goes on to explain in her diary that although she's grateful for the eye-opening experience, she's glad it's over and she won't do it again. She changes her mind almost immediately when Richie, a college boy she met at the party calls her the next day. Yeah. And in the true fashion of an overblown cautionary tale aimed at adolescence, Alice undergoes an immediate, drastic, and unavoidable transformation.
0: Yeah, she becomes cool and interesting.
2: <laughs> the summer is getting pretty skitzy now, tripping with Richie at night, playing it straight in the daytime. Mom and Dad don't suspect anything as far as drugs go, of course. But they're nagging about my hair and clothes and attitude are enough to drive me crazy. That plus my monthly pregnancy scare make me borrow a lot of mom and dad's tranquilizers, but they never miss them. Richie says parents always notice missing booze, but never pills or cash. He says that shows where their heads are at.
0: Yeah. So she was a virgin before all this too, and now she's having pregnancy
1: scares. So yeah. 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 Sounds like she's leading a very stressful double life full of risky and shadowy behavior. Hardly seems worth all the effort it takes to hold that sort of thing together. Let's continue. I don't know.
2: Well, diary school has finally started again. It's really weird how the same place I hated last term has become my sanctuary this term. Oh. I'm down to 103 pounds and feeling great. Ooh. Whenever I get hungry or mm-hmm. tired, I just pop a binny. Which even gives me the stuff to have when I'm alone and when I turn on. <laughs> Isn't that nice?
1: Yeah, perhaps I spoke too soon. Yeah. It sounds like her drug regimen has brought positive change to Alice's life. Yeah, she's got friends and she's happy now. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Now, one change, however, is unfortunate. Her new lifestyle has alienated her from Beth. Alice calls it growing apart. And when Alice's birthday comes around, only her new drug buddies and not Beth are invited to celebrate. Yeah. Let's check in on this party at our copyright peril.
2: I wish every straight kid could be turned on like I was. Just once. Feel that first beautiful lift. Then they find out what they're missing. And join the party. Instead of getting left out like Beth. I thought about inviting her, but she would have gotten really uptight when we started doing this stuff. Happy birthday! Hey man, your brother's on fire. Stand up, stand up, stand
0: up, and take your praise, your praise. Stand up. <laughs> she can't. Wait, wait, wait. Can we pause it? Uh, I is the first time I ever heard William Shatner sing. The guy's released like five albums, never sung a note in his life.
2: <laughs>
1: <coughs>
0: that was actually—I mean, you would think it was Ned Flanders, but that was actually William Shatner,
1: <laughs> right? <laughs> All right, let's see some more.
2: Don't you want me to blow out my candles? Well, sure he wants you to blow out the candles. <laughs> Come on, kids. I mean, it's not old fashioned to celebrate a birthday these days, is it? Listen, we're really dying for something sweet. Yeah, we pray you're sweet. Now, <laughs> <laughs> you see, honey, birthday cakes aren't so square. They're round. <laughs> Alice, make your wish. This year we break out the champagne.
0: Saw joke.
2: <laughs> Can you believe it? Stoned out of our minds. My own parents can't tell the difference.
1: Yeah. Now, I'd like to uh, have a little sidebar here with the audience. For those of you who don't know, when you have copyrighted music in your YouTube show, one of three things happens. It either gets blocked outright by the copyright holder and cannot be uploaded to the platform... Or it's claimed by that entity, and any ad dollars that result from the episode's creation goes to them instead of us, in which case the joke is on them. Or one day, and this is the most offensive to me, this has happened to us, one day without warning, perhaps months or years of this episode going up, and with no notification from YouTube, the audio of the scene will be removed entirely, making us look look like dopes who went live with an unaddressed technical error. Wow. (laughs) So, hopefully, you heard what we just did. And um, Alice and her friends are high at her birthday party. Her parents are oblivious. And, yes, her father is William Shatner. And, gee, I wonder if that's a real mustache. I also wonder if it will become patently obvious whether that mustache is real or fake at some point soon.
0: I'll tell you what, man. That looked like a
1: lot of fun. <laughs> this, this party? Jim, uh, Jim, we got any
0: Coke here? <laughs> <laughs> oh, no? I got you. No? Okay, I got you.
1: <laughs> so, yeah, Alice's parents may be clueless, but her younger brother is clearly in on her ruse. And this is a theme throughout. Alice's parents and their ignorance or outright denial of their daughter's lifestyle.
0: Good Vibrations was one of the songs. Yeah, and remember.
1: also Dear Mr. Fantasy by Traffic. Okay. Uh, William Shatner is a college professor his ta his name is joel No, he's the dean you just got promoted to the dean oh, oh great okay so and the, the dean has a ta i guess maybe in the department yeah he's a okay fair enough administrative work okay so uh the ta brings some paperwork over to the house as the family is about to have a cookout joel is invited to stay he
2: eats more than i do oh, tim was our refuse department If they gave a scholarship
1: for gluttony, Tim would be a shoe in That's terrible. Pause. Fake mustache confirmed. Is it coming off? I can't see. It's coming coming off. Okay. And as, uh, Jim, as you uh, (laughs) go to the next clip, let me say what I think happened here, and this is just a theory.
0: Why wouldn't he just grow a real mustache? Ah. It can't, what does it take, like a month? (laughs) Like, you didn't know a month in advance you were doing this role?
1: You know what I think led to the situation? What? Star Trek had been over for a number of years, two or three, maybe four by this point. Three, yeah. Three. He was still almost a decade away from TJ Hooker. Okay. But Shatner still pulled some diva malarkey on this set. <laughs> Here were his rules. No second takes. You have me on Tuesday between noon and three, and I'm getting top billing for about four minutes of screen time. Yeah. And you know what's worse, Chris? I'll bet the mustache was his idea.
0: Oh, yeah, they probably wanted him to look like William Shatner because that would get people to watch. But he's like, no, right. I'm going to look like Ned Flanders.
1: He, he insists on the mustache and then won't let the makeup people come in and re-glue it because he, he, he's, he's on the clock for another 15 minutes. Yeah. and It's taxi. Uh, <clears throat> that'd be a very Shatnerian move. So Alice and Chris, uh, Alice and her friend Chris from yeah. the boutique. Uh, Chris is, Wow.
0: Well, very attractive, I find her. Uh, really, yeah. probably right. probably way too thin for you. But uh,
1: there's uh, right before or during this scene, she takes off her jacket or whatever, and yeah. it it got a it got an audible Ugh, from the bull. Oh, really? Yeah.
0: yeah. Well, we have different tastes, but um, she played Heidi. Remember, remember the.
1: Remember the thing you know, that they that caused all the trouble in the NFL? Yeah, they cut <laughs> the Super Bowl or something to show Heidi. I think it was a playoff game, but yeah. Okay, yeah, but that was originally
0: filmed in in the '60s, and uh, she was she was Heidi.
1: Oh, okay, very nice. Yeah. Well, um, <clears throat> so Alice and Chris they start dealing drugs for their boyfriends. And here we see Alice conduct... The grade school, by the way. Uh, yeah, this is very bizarre. <laughs> let's watch as Alice I conducts... Know, I didn't
0: know a lot of people doing drugs in grade school,
1: but, <laughs>
0: but which I assume is elementary school. Maybe on, maybe it's different uh, right. well,
1: terminology. This kid she sells to, uh, he, he has his own. He has this market cornered, apparently. Yeah, yeah. So uh, let's see what happens.
2: When I'm with Richie and we're both high, it's really a wild feeling. But when we're not high, he seems to forget about me. He, he never even touches me then. Sometimes I find myself wondering what it what it's like without dope. Just feeling things straight. I thought you'd be older. I'm pushing at the grade school.
0: You know, uh, I'm a big fan of the show uh, Bennington with Ron Bennington. Oh, yeah, yeah. One of the greats. Yeah, and he talks about dealing drugs at that age, too. So maybe it was the Times. I don't know. Yeah, who knows? Maybe it was about
1: when he was that age, I guess. I don't know. (laughs) I had to watch this scene twice the first time because I couldn't understand why Alice is saying to her brother that she thought he'd be older. It does look exactly like her brother.
0: Very, very bad casting decision. I Yeah,
1: that, that it was very confusing. But yeah, that turned out to be a different actor. Not the one playing her brother, but speaking... Of the one playing her brother. When their mother finds an envelope of fun in Alice's drawer, (laughs) and their parents confront her, Alice's brother shows a unique way of displaying disgust. Milk abandonment.
2: If it wasn't Richie, where'd you get those pills you had upstairs? Uh, Some girl for some cramps or something, or just about anybody to stay up for a test. I haven't even tried them. I didn't even know I really had them. I found them right in your desk. You vacuumed the inside of my desk now? The drawer was open. They were right on top. Well, so I guess I wasn't expecting a search then. I don't search my children's she rooms. She knows that, Dolly. She knows that we respect her privacy, honey. All we want is to be sure that you aren't experimenting
1: with this stuff or any other drugs.
2: And that you'll tell us about it if you do
1: try. All we want is your word.
2: We always trusted you, Alice. But we want to keep on trusting you. I know you have. I give you my word. Now, that's what I hope to hear.
0: So somehow the uh, the her little brother saw through her ruse, but her uh, college dean father is too <laughs> stupid to uh, to see what's going on here.
1: Right, right. And Alice's lies are enough to make the boy lactose intolerant. Mm-hmm. But Alice isn't the only one with something to hide. Richie, her uh, college age boyfriend. Oh, are we not going to see that scene? No, we're not going to see that. Uh, but um, uh, and Chris's boyfriend. It right. turns out that um, they're a couple themselves. Yeah. Yeah, they walk in on them having uh, Greek sex, and when they discover this, feeling used and betrayed, the gals hop a bus to Dallas with only two hundred dollars. Yeah, with no place to stay, they end up sleeping rough. Isn't two hundred dollars a lot of money back then, though? It probably was, but uh, I mean, they're on the road. They're on the lamb for not the lamb, but they're they're uh, they're living on the streets for months.
0: They are. But I, I read that in the book, which I have I haven't read, but um. They actually opened up a, a jewelry store in Berkeley, and it was somewhat successful. I think with 200 bucks in the 70s, you could set yourself up with some kind of, uh, you know, some kind of means or something. I, I don't know.
1: I don't know, why, I don't know why you're laughing. What's so funny? <laughs> because I hadn't heard that. I mean, it, well, it was Wikipedia, so who knows. I believe it. I believe it. So um, <clears throat> they end up sleeping rough, and, uh, and this occurs.
2: Where's Chris? You got anything? Where is she? I don't know any
1: Chris. You got any uppers left? Yeah, uh, this actually wasn't part of the movie. Mackenzie Phillips just wandered onto the set asking for drugs.
0: Yeah, believable. I didn't realize that was her. Now, she was, who was she again? John Phillips' daughter. Oh, she was the one that wasn't in Wilson Phillips.
1: Yeah, she was not in Wilson Phillips. Okay.
0: She was an actress
1: instead. Yes. Uh, Gotcha. Yeah. She also did some singing, but she was not a member of uh, her sister's group. Okay. Okay. So uh, from Dallas, the gals move on to Phoenix and then Los Angeles, unable to find work. To fund their habits, they engage in the sporting life. And amid this, Alice confides in her diary.
2: Chris and I found a place to crash. Weird lady, a weird man, but can be that choosy? They keep their dope in candy dishes. Oh God, how, how do we get out of here? We're, we're like prisoners. They, they just got Chris in the other room. I, I, I can hear her screaming.
0: All right, now Steve. I don't mean to interrupt you here, but what she just narrated, we see about three seconds of it
1: later on. Yes, is that one of the clips that you? Played? We are going to see that. Okay, I just want to make sure that we. Yeah. That. Now this is only hinted right. at in this ad- <coughs> in this adaptation, but my wife remembers reading the book and she explained this to me. What Alice just referenced was a living situation she and Chris desperately agreed to, where an older couple, sure, both sadists. <laughs> provided them drugs and shelter, but with a catch. Only one of the girls would receive a dose at a time. That would be the girl who acted quickly and seized the pill. The other girl would not only miss out on the high, she would then be abused by the couple within earshot of the girl who, for lack of a better term, won the competition. Mm, Weird. It's it's uh, odd she didn't tell me about the part where um they successfully they they had they for 3 years they ran a Billy Banks, and Biddle franchise <laughs> in San Jose
0: uh Berkeley <laughs> Berkeley but yeah. um yeah it's weird that people it's weird that couples find each other like i guess it's easier now because you can find these people on the internet that are into the same weird shit right. that you are yeah. but two like it must have been really hard to meet a sadist in the, in the early 70s you know if you were one also I, I don't know. I'm rambling.
1: That's fine. Uh, Alex Alice seeks refuge at a Catholic shelter overseen by a priest played by Andy Griffith. He reads her diary, and he sympathizes with her. Well, she makes him read her diary. Oh, okay. Yeah, I, I thought maybe he had uh, discovered it and chose to read it. No, she handed it to, to him. Get a, okay. Well, yeah, all right. well um, when he tells Alice that she can choose between the life she's living and one without drugs— The phrase, it's your choice, recalls her to flashback to the poorly explained living situation with the two sadists. This is the part you were just talking about. Okay, We're going to see this now. It's very disturbing. Well,
2: it's your choice. Father, it's your choice. Father, one of you gets this, and the other one is it. They're gone. They're gone. Like it
0: wasn't time. Good. So that's what I was saying about how sometimes this feels a bit rushed. Like I feel like they could have explored that a lot more. Um, that that where that character actor is, he looked kooky as shit. So <laughs> that could, like he kind of reminds you of like Eric Stoltz in uh, Pulp Fiction. Oh yeah, yeah. Or um, or, or uh, Boogie Nights when they go to the, the guy who's oh, yeah, the, the firecrackers and shit. You know. Um, I think it could have been a really cool scene, but I, I maybe this is targeted more to like a teen audience. So
1: yeah, I believe so. It was yeah. more to scare uh, teenagers off of drugs. Yeah, so I guess they
0: didn't want to, they didn't want to go full boogie nights with it. I guess right. And yeah. this is
1: ABC in 1973. Yeah. Um. So Andy rings Alice's home phone, and he leaves the receiver hanging off the hook, giving Alex the uh, option to talk to her mother. She accepts and soon returns home, resumes school. And vows to stay clean. It's a challenge, especially with her clueless mother in the mix. Let's hear what her ex friends get away with. Let's hear what they get away with saying in front of Alice's mother.
2: Better start all over again. Well, Jan, what army are you feeding this weekend? (laughs) The whole crowd, including Alice, if she does break down and socialize a little. Well, she, uh, she gets a lot of studying done on the new sitter's job, but maybe she's been too conscientious. We'll try to persuade her. All work and no play. Why don't you give up, Alice? Get off your high horse. Or your, uh, horse high? <laughs> <laughs> oh, bye. It was really nice seeing you again. Oh, oh goodbye. Bye. I'm gonna lose my mind.
1: Yeah. You heard mention there of Alice's babysitting gig. Jan, the girl in line, uh, she babysits as well. Alice gets a call one night when Jan is a no-show to look after an infant. So uh, Jan does turn up eventually and makes quite an entrance.
2: I'm going to get her off. That's my job. It's not your job anymore, so stay away from the baby. (laughs) Look, at she's laughing when I got there.
1: Jan is not best pleased that Alice phoned her parents. Right. To uh, yeah. let them know about the situation. So Jan starts badmouthing Alice at school. Yeah, to all the other. Apparently, uh, there's, there's only
0: two cliques in this school there's the uh, squares and the uh, dope heads. That's,
1: that's pretty much <laughs> <Yeah>. it. <laughs> so she,
0: she badmouths her to all the other dope heads. Yeah. And all the squares are afraid of Alice. So
1: she has no one to hang out with once again. Yeah. And this becomes a topic around the dinner table. I
2: think you handled it absolutely right. Exactly. What else could you have done? Would you like some more coffee? Well, yeah, A lot worse from Jan Meeker's point of view. Could have gone over her mother's head to the authorities. And we still can if she stirs anything and up. You promise me that if I told you, you wouldn't... Promise just... still stands. Let's try and be realistic about this. I can't get you an overnight transfer just because a couple of antisocial kids want to drive you out of school. I think it makes more sense to stand up to Jan Meeker. Whatever mistakes your friends think you've made, I can't believe that they'll side with her on this one. Any sane person would understand that you were responsible for that baby. Kids like that don't understand anything. I'm damn glad my kids aren't like that. Are you kidding, Daddy? I was worse. I mean, don't you know what it was all about? I don't want to know. What Dad means that um, that, it, that it's forgotten. Yeah, I know what Dad means.
0: Yeah. You know, uh... Family problems are hard to solve. It's not like talking
1: to a computer to death, so <laughs> that's a very obscure reference. I got you, got you, got you. But yeah, again, willful ignorance on
2: four, the part of four the parents.
1: Four
0: times they made eighty episodes of Star Trek. Four of them involve Captain Kirk talking a computer to death. <laughs> that's that's what? What is that? Five percent. <laughs>
1: So the mistreatment of Alice at school uh, escalates. Someone spray paints the word "think" on her locker. Yeah, you don't hear that slang anymore, huh? Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's that's really and old that school. meant like narc or thing, yeah. something to that. A uh, rat, rat, yeah. <clears throat> snitch, snitch. Yeah, that's probably the most common one these days. So someone spray paints that on her locker, which is still functional and poses a bigger problem for the janitorial staff than Alice. So they really showed her. Yeah, and she tries to wipe off spray paint with a napkin. <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> she gives it a shot, <laughs> and then gives up and goes back to life. So, um, <clears throat> her parents are so out of touch. So uh, she seeks counsel from Joel. Remember him from the barbecue? The TA? Nope.
0: <clears throat> he, oh, he drives a cool car.
1: Yeah, yeah. Well, and we're gonna see that like later. A
0: British roadster.
1: Uh, the two begin dating, and this grounds Alice in a way that her family and school lives cannot. And she reflects on that very fact during her next babysitting shift.
2: I guess what's, what's strangest about Joel is that he really does things that Richie pretended to do. He works hard and likes it, supports himself, cares about people.
0: Now, can we pause? it? Now, once again, this film leaves its audience wondering what the hell is going on. Um, (laughs) That's a bottle of pop, I believe, or, or it, soda, as we call it yeah, in the normal it, world.
1: It, it appears that way.
0: Um, it, but you don't know if it's wine. Like, is she is she drinking? Like, you don't know what's going on. And it just it just continues like this, so we can go back to it.
1: And it's also half drunk. This bottle is half drunk already. Right. Yeah. Why would why would that? And that's what she opts for out of the fridge. Yeah. It's not, And it's not a 12-ounce bottle. It looks,
0: that's why you might think it's wine, because it looks like it's like a, like a, like a. Twenty-ounce glass. I don't know what. I don't know what's going on. <laughs> oh, that's all we're going to see. That's all we're going to well, see. Well, I didn't mean to stop it. Like, <laughs> I should have let that play out. I think.
1: Well, in just a bit, she puts the baby to sleep and gets ready to read a book. When it hits her, see, Alice didn't know it, but that half-drunk bottle of whatever she took from the fridge was laced with acid.
0: And the audience would not know that either because all you see is her fall down and you're like, well, what the
1: hell just happened? There is an audio cue because the same traffic song that played during her first trip plays again. Oh, okay. All right. So, um,
0: well, I'm an idiot then. I should have noticed that.
1: Well, uh, this time, (laughs) the difference this time is that uh, this trip is not a pleasant one. Yeah. She ends up in the hospital and while there, Beth, her pre-drug companion. Okay. That chubster. Yeah. She sends Alice a new diary as a gift. And Alice wants Beth to tell the folks at school that she was dosed against her will and did not breach her sobriety. And she shows up all bandaged up like she suffered burns. Well, her injuries are described. Are explained. Okay. As the events of that evening come back to her, Alice recounts them to her attending physician.
2: Alice, look at me. And try to make me understand, so I can tell Beth. See, I just went to the refrigerator and I, I opened the door and I, there was a bottle of, of drink there and I, I, took it out and it was, it was half empty and I, t- I, took the drink and I, and I took the formula and I, and I went into the living room and I sat down and, and then I started to give the formula to the, oh, the baby, the baby's <laughs> all right.
1: Geez, sorry to disappoint you, doctor. Yeah. Seems like an angry way to tell someone that a baby is unharmed. Yeah, that's weird. Yeah.
0: So uh, what happened was she locked herself in the closet so that she wouldn't hurt the baby. Why
1: are her hands all bandaged up? Because when she when she locked herself in the closet, she started to think it was a coffin. So she started scratching at the door. That's why her hands are bandaged. And banging her head against it to uh, try to uh, free herself instead Uh-oh. of, you know, turning the, the knob on her. Yeah,
0: somehow I missed that. Okay.
1: Yeah. And uh, all this to the point of injury. Well, Alice recovers. And after undergoing a treatment program, she returns to her normal drug-free life. Mm. She reconciles with Beth, resumes her relationship with Joel, and everybody goes home. At least that's what I figure. And yes, I know what happens when you figure. You eat a fig with Midge Ewer. But it was so obvious that that's how that that's how it ends. I felt confident just skipping the last thirty seconds. Uh-oh. Happy ending for everyone. Well, Steve, anything you want to say, Chris, before we rate it? Yeah, I
0: feel like maybe you need to see the end
1: of the film. Uh, uh, well, let's just roll it. What could have possibly happened in thirty seconds? Cool car, by the way. Yeah, great car. Going to school? Her boyfriend drops the her off? In the fall of
2: her last year in high school, our daughter died of an overdose of drugs. Whoa. We were never able to find out what the drugs were or whether or not they were self-administered.
1: All we know is she drowned in the pool and my husband called an ambulance without even pulling her out of the water. Whoa. <laughs> never even Whoa. pulled her out of the... Just to maybe see if something could be done? That doesn't sound like the behavior... Of a grieving relative. I, I, oh, I'm sorry. Um, yeah. And you're worried about the music on this <laughs> <laughs> I'm talking about the characters in the motion picture, Chris. Can we just let that <clears> roll <throat> just a few
0: more seconds, though, to hear the end of it? There's music.
2: Since she'd stopped keeping a diary several months before, we had no clues as to why she died. We have discovered since then that she was one of almost 5,000 drug All right, you can cut eight. it there.
0: I just wanted to get the fact that they're blaming her lack of diarying. For uh I don't even know if that's a word, but uh, that's what that's what they blame all this on. If only she kept posting in her diary <laughs> that was well, I guess we're going to get to that now,
1: right well, uh, I mentioned earlier that my wife read the book on which this is based, but there's more to it than that, Chris yeah, when she heard we were going to talk about the t v adaptation this week, she was jazzed because when she was a teenager, she read this book so many times her friend had to tell her she was starting to talk like Alice.
0: Okay, weird.
1: Yeah. Uh, she says all the better known sensational aspects of the book take away from its true appeal to teenage girls. Alice embodies all the insecurities girls suffer at that age. Many feel like they're losing their minds. And this book, she says, captures that experience in a way that lets young girls know those feelings are normal and they're not alone. And they
0: can be conquered
1: with recreational junk <laughs> drug use. <laughs> She also put it this way it's like Judy Bloom wrote about drug addiction. Okay. Well, Judy Bloom did not write about drug addiction, and neither did a girl called Alice. The diary is a hoax, believed to be the work of a Mormon youth counselor called Beatrice Sparks. Yeah. And she was credited originally as uh, the book's editor. And Sparks went on to produce other similar works in the teenage diary format, claiming only an editorial role. But never substantiating her so-called sources to prove that her works were anything other than fiction. Chris, would you like to rate the film first, or shall I?
0: I, I don't know that I want to rate this one because uh, what did we rate the Tony Danza one where he becomes a place kicker for the Eagles? We did, we did. Okay. The well,
1: only one we didn't rate was um uh, was it the the David Koresh one? Because that was such a rush job. It wasn't really a work of art. It was much more just product.
0: Yeah. All right. Well, then I guess it's fair to rate it. I only say that because we decided that the Tony Danza movie was made for children. Teenage or preteen, that age group. Yes. And this, I think, is made
1: clearly for teenage girls. So I don't, you know. But, Chris, you're a parent. You have a daughter. And you can uh, judge this objectively as, uh, is this something you would want your daughter to... Do you think this would help your daughter to see this? No.
0: Um, I think it sends, at best, a mixed message on whether or not drugs are good or bad, which is probably... Realistic, you mean? Realistic, yeah. But I don't know that that makes it... I wouldn't see it as, oh, this is going to be a good thing for her to, to read because man in the end it's not realistic because it's made up so i would if you're going to get a realistic message i prefer it be something real rather than this that's made up i i don't I, i guess i haven't formulated my thoughts on this very well
1: does that? Uh, can you translate that into a number of Meredith Baxters, or would you? Or would you prefer to uh, recuse I'm, yourself I am from going the to judicial defer process from, from rating this? Okay. From rating this movie? <laughs> okay. Well, I'm going to give it three out of five Meredith Baxters, though apparently much less graphic than what we can safely call the novel. I still feel I, I still enjoy a good seedy tale of the underworld. Yeah, And the purpose of any cautionary tale is to make the viewer think she's only one bad decision away from suffering the same fate as the protagonist. And Jamie Smith-Jackson does a great job by portraying Alice as an every girl.
2: But
0: I guess as I'm trying to formulate my thoughts on this, that's kind of what bothers me about it, Steve, is it's not written as, you say, a tale of seedy underbelly of anything. It's, it's, It's halfway between a boogie nights and an after school special. And I feel like it would have been better served to go in one direction either way, rather than being this whatever this is. It doesn't it doesn't work as either, as it is. It should have been one or the other.
1: It seems like you can you can uh, award points, award merediths.
0: All right. I'll go I'll go with two. Okay. Two
1: merediths on this. Because in the end
0: I kind of enjoyed it. You know, it wasn't bad. I mean, there's some editing and directorial choices that that were bad, but uh, I, I enjoyed it, so I, I can't give it a one. You know,
1: well, that's more than I thought he would. Yeah. In that case, anything we didn't talk about, you might want to talk about. No. All right. Then did we do it? I think I guess, we did it. I, I guess we did. Uh, I guess we did. Okay. Thanks so much uh, for Jim Corhan, Chris Bergani, I'm Steve Rezaskiewicz. How's it going? Lolly Al. Well. Tigers. Eat them all. We did it, sir.